you silly motherfuckers. This is Altered Cognition. I'm Nick Breen, here with my co-host and amazing producer, DJ Los. How how? Stop attack. Stop stop attack. Could you imagine getting an award and then just going up there and pouring urine all over yourself? Could you imagine getting stop a attack. fucking Oscar? Stop, stop attack. Get him. I chug heavy cream. How how? Get him. Cancel. How how? Get him. Cancel. How how? Stop attack. Stop stop attack. Get him. I chug heavy cream. How how? Get him. Cancel. How how? Get him. Cancel. How how? Stop attack. Stop stop attack. Stop attack. <laughs> it depends on who I have on, you know? Like, I'll have people on to do interesting shit, and they don't want to hear dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like this dude was like in the conspiracies and everything was it was like right when Epstein happened. So everything was like pedophile this pedophile that like not everybody wants to talk about pedophiles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do want a Joe Biden shirt with like a picture of Joe Biden on it. And the word that just says pedophile for president. Like, I think that, I think that would be funny. And it would have like. Maybe- no, I, you know what it is about America, yo, is like a lot of things are taken out of context. And, you know, I'm not really, I'm not one of the biggest political fans of anything, but I think the guy does have great intentions. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times we blame the president for certain shit, but their hand can only reach by common denominator votes of if this side of the government votes for or this side of the government votes for. So they're just the faces of us pointing our finger and doing this the whole time. Like, you piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? But I think yeah, Joe Biden, no. he does mean well. A true pedophile is like how to catch a pedophile, you know? Like, that's I mean, how to catch a I mean, I just... There's a, just a picture of him I want to use. It's like uh, it's like a first a, a whole picture and then like the zoomed in part, and it's like him. It's him like sucking some little kid's face. I'm like I'm like this is I'm like I'm like even if it's not true, it's just like it's funny and it's relevant and like I want to wear it and I think people would be shocked by it. <laughs> you seen him? Projects with that shirt on, they might throw a couple eggs at you. People, yeah, no, yeah, no, but no, he called they, black people roaches. Did you see that where he slipped up? Yo, that's what I mean. Like my thing is, <laughs> I, I, I just know from the eighties with Obama and what Obama has given us. We all got that one white friend that fucks up and lets loose with the. You know that one. Boy. You know what I mean. I got that one white friend. I had one of my white friends one time. Like, yo, I just hate these people. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm one of them. And he was like, nah, nah. Not what he was saying. He just got jumped. His Jordans were stolen. So I I understood where he was coming from. Hit, but it was like it kind of like slipped my heart a little bit. Like, yo, what the fuck you mean these people? But that's what I mean. Like, we all got that one friend. It, It the better judgment shows. You know, like what what comes out of their mouth sometimes. I just, I just is that Trump say you really got to be like, nah, this dude ain't just say that. Well, he's out of his mind, but I think I Joe Biden literally losing his mind. Or he just doesn't get. Trump reminds me of like a drunk uncle that just doesn't care what they're gonna say when they're gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like he is America's he, drunk uncle. Yeah, like he's like. Anything he says, he was like, he was like, no, you give me a minute. Once he says, give me a minute, 
That's when I know he's about to call someone fake news, piece of shit. And you don't care. I'm like, yo, yo, this dude is live on CNN calling promoters a piece of shit. And they shouldn't have never been born. That's not shit you say to people. He is out of he is out of his mind. But he is his timing is impeccable. He's got great comedic timing. He is like he is <laughs> one. And, like, like he's so one. Of, he is the best comedian. In fact, he's the only comedian working right now. He's doing <laughs> sets. At, he's doing sets every night. He's like he's like everyone's locked down. Yo, everyone's <laughs> locked down, but don't worry. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do 20 minutes every night on primetime TV. You're gonna carry me on all the channels. It'll be great. <laughs> and, and, and his only heckler is um um Governor Cuomo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, but it, but it's like he's the guy that owns the comedy club, and Governor Cuomo is like the manager at the comedy yeah, yeah, club. Yeah. So he's like heckling him. But in the end, he's like. You need your paycheck this week, right? Okay. <laughs> so, man, speaking of comedy clubs, so um, I don't, I'm just, like, getting into this. I forgot. Um, I'm Nick Breen. Uh, this is Altered Cognition. I'm here with my co-host, DJ Los, and we got my Mark. boy Marcus Banks right here, live comedian, uh, toured with Mike Epps. And uh, what are some of your other credits? Uh, tour with Mike Gibbs. Uh, tour with um, Leonard Oots. Um, yeah. um, some more Gary Owens. I've been on um, Gotham After Dark, which is comedy. I'm on a Verizon channel. Um, been all over the world. I've done carnival cruises. Done the Royal Caribbean cruises. Oh. You know, so... You know, my resume, my resume is kind of long. I've done open up like Rick Ross, The Locks, uh, Fabulous, French Montana. I've, I've done an, I've done more than what I'm supposed to. <laughs> but I just feel I, I need to be on TV more. <laughs> that's all I need. Dude, that, so that's awesome, man. See, Los didn't tell me all that. Well, I it, knew some of it, but also. So I'm like, I'm like notorious because like, you know. Most will book a guest and he books like, cause when I have my friends on, like I said, it, it like, it deteriorates pretty quickly yeah. into, um, into, you know, just dick real, jokes, just dick jokes and pedophile talk. Um, yeah. and you know, I don't know, maybe some people like that, but, um, Lowe's I'm, I'm notoriously bad for not doing like my research. Am I, I'm supposed to like do research or something. He says like on the guests We're like, I don't really like to do that because like, we were having a really cool conversation until I like made it all awkward. Um, <laughs> nah, it was awkward. Was awkward. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But but now that I know, he only told me. He texted me. He was like, he was like, I got us a great guest. I looked at your Instagram. I was like, cool. You're he's a working comedian. I was like, that's awesome. Love to have like working comedians. That's where I'm like aspiring to be um, on the show. And then I was like. I was like, fuck, you know, he's like, oh, he opened up for Mike Epps. So I'm like, cool. He didn't tell me any of this other stuff. The <laughs> thing, uh, and and it, uh, this is probably the one that you're like, li- that's like the least like brag, like brag worthy. Well, I don't know. But like the cruise ship, dude, that intrigues me. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hear stories. 
I know there's wild stories about cruise <laughs> comedy. Dude, I know, dude. <laughs> it's like just a big fucking boat where people go and they're like from the Midwest and they're and there's probably girls and they're like, "Ooh, I don't normally do this." And they're all like <laughs> Midwestern and their husband's some fat fucking slob. He's passed out in the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> drunk on fucking shrimp. He's got food poisoning from the seafood buffet. <laughs> so you've been on two cruise lines, dude. What is that? What is that like? What is it like to I, be a comedian on a cruise ship? So I've done it for the last five years. Uh, so the thing how I did it was it's just a big private party that goes like every year around October. And, you know, they was before I got on the cruise, they was doing it. They had different type of um, entertainment. They finally wanted to get into comedy. My name was like going around like the area. And when I got on there, it was like, you know, they, they pressured me so much. Like, yo, it's going to be like 500 to like 800 people in the crowd. I'm like, that's perfect. Right. Yeah, like the more that's the great. Better. And so then it's like they set me up so perfectly because what they did was they talked about like um, lupus first. Because they dedicated each year like to a different foundation. Talked about lupus. So it's like everyone's over there listening to the facts. And it's like, all right, enough with the sad shit. Here comes the jokes. I just talked <laughs> about everything I seen within the cruise and the creeping going on, the, the DJ. <laughs> and, you know, things of that nature. And it was like, and, and when I first was there, it was like, I had one little chick that, you know, we met in the jacuzzi and, you know, we hit it off. And cool, but like right after that show, it was like my door was just uh, like just knocking, like yo, you man, funny. I want you know, so the your your sex life gets intrigued after. But at the same time, you want to be conscious of yourself because you don't want to like spread yourself so thin to where this person feels away or this girl feels like it was a one night stand or. You let her oh, roll. Yeah, you're all stuck on a boat together. Stuck on a boat, and and most of the time when I do it, I do it for like a week. So think about the first two days <laughs> she's in your room. Now the next five days, you just out here giving out the community dick. It's like, oh hell no! It's gonna be a scene to be made. It's gonna be a scene to be made that you don't want to be a part of. So no, so you know? so here's so here's what I un what I understand, Marcus, is that um so you're a contractor for the yeah. cruise line. You're not a cruise line employee because there's a nope. big difference. If you're a cruise yeah. line employee, you are not supposed to be. You ain't supposed to make. No, but but if you're just you're just basically a guest on the boat yeah. that's getting paid. To fucking entertain people, and you get to like when you're not entertaining, you're just you're chilling. You're like you're you're in the pool. You're fucking hitting golf balls off the back. Ah! Oh my gosh, it's my Cause dream. Because certain comedians, you can get stuck on those cruises for like six months. When you just keep saying like, "Yeah, I'll take this cruise. Yeah, I'll take this cruise." I, I couldn't just be on a boat for that long. I'll do three months, but after like three, it's like, "All right, come on, man." I. I feel like we like quarantine right now. Like yo, I just gotta touch the earth. That's it. Yo, I've been yo, I've been to prison, dude. So I'm cool. I'll do fucking yeah, <laughs> myself. So this right here is is nothing but the when you on them boats and you just keep seeing water and water. After a while, after them three months, you've been to the same island two or three times. So now it's like, I right, do. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you're in yeah. prison, if you keep going to the same bathroom or the same wreck, and you got two more months left. 
you ain't about to say like, yo, let me max out. Nah, fuck that, man. Tell tell my PO I see him when I get out, yo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I actually did max out once just because it was like I was back on a on a on a uh, on a case that I got from like my fifth violation. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm mad. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing life on the yeah. installment plan anymore. Let's no yeah. probation. That's why I told the lawyer. I said, no probation, no parole, no matter what. I don't care what I have to do this time. I, like, this is like my fifth time back and like my fifth new case because I get fucking pulled over and get police contact, and then fucking two days later I have a warrant because I was in a car that got pulled over. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yo, I was in California. They're crazy in California. No, I was in California. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They don't play in California. It's like fucking revolving door. Yeah, they don't play with that shit. That's why, because Connecticut is bad too. Because you know they a Commonwealth state. What does that mean? It means like their their laws is their laws is not. Really oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, it's like a Texas thing too, right? Like the Republic of Texas or. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have the best lawyer, and they still like, no. And you be like, how? They be like, penal code 314. I'm like, well, when did that come out? Yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and then you look it up on the internet, and it, like, has your name in it. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Penal code 314 MB. Like, whoa, what do you mean MB? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Connecticut. Connecticut is like, it, but Connecticut is like another California. Like, it's not much different. I like it. I I was in like the Bay Area and San Francisco, and then like I was and and I went to Illinois for a little bit, and I was in like south of Springfield, and I lasted like four and a half five months. I I had some family out there. It was really nice connecting with them, and and like I love them, and I'd love to go back and see them, and I you know I'd love to be in their lives. But like I can't live there. I can't live in Illinois. That's not Chicago. And to tell you the truth, I don't really want to live in Chicago either. So, but I came to Connecticut. I'll tell you, it's pretty. Other than the winter, like the lifestyle in the summer with the boating and being on the water, and your the the sound is there, and the New York City's there. You live in Chicago. I've been to Chicago. I'm not a huge fan of it. I like Wrigleyville. I'll tell you that. That's fun, that area around the stadium. You know, when I did Complex Con, I liked Chicago for the weekend I was there. You know what I mean? I liked it for the weekend I was there. I enjoyed their culture and things of like that. But I, would, I wouldn't mind visiting, but I'm with you on the living standpoint. It's nothing bad about it. It's something I couldn't get accustomed to. No, yeah. No, that's, there's, there's, would, there's nothing if bad if about it. If I went anywhere in the Midwest, it would probably be like either like St. Louis. Cleveland. Or Detroit. Okay. Ooh, Detroit is nasty in some part. I was I was in Cleveland for like two days. It got too small for me. I pulled out. I was like, ah, we've been here already. What about what? Okay, so my favorite, one of my favorite cities in the world is Portland, Oregon. Mm, Portland is dope, but one of mine's one of mine's that I would have to say, I would have to say Seattle, Washington. He turned us down. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm over there. I'm like, yo. Oh, man, dude. DJ Los, man. Come on, dude. Because ah, it was like a delay with your voice. So I was trying to see if dude, this oh, is, it was on my end, but I fucked up. Yeah. So go back. Seattle's like so, boring. No, I, no, I was saying, no I, I was saying in the Northwest up there, dude, it's like the, the weather's shitty. But if you're there when it's nice, 
it's like that's just it's perfect. The cities are so clean, bro. Place I ever been to was North Dakota. Huh? The what place? North Dakota was the worst place. The worst place. Worst place. Well, well, I mean, that's like the, <laughs> North Dakota is like something I imagine you like go to, you know, they pick you up at the airport or or, or you drive three hours from the airport or whatever the fuck happens. You go, you get to the club or and you talk to the, uh, you know, the, the booker and he's like, yeah, we got you at the uh, Holiday Inn in town. Don't worry. It's going to be no, nice. I did a college out there. It's like that, like no law, like the, the, a lot of the people from the college came out. But it was like, people were like, so you performing again tomorrow? It's like, what else do y'all have to do out in this mug? Like, But it's, and, and I assume there's like a re- one restaurant next to the hotel or in the hotel. Actually, it was the, it was about like five miles down the street from the hotel. Where oh, was. that's horrible. But the crazy thing about it was one of the students, I guess he like enjoyed that he had to do everything I told him to do. But I guess he thought I like, up her bougie, and I was just like, one of those, like, yo, man, I just want to make two stops. I just want to go to a liquor store, and I just want to eat. You know what I mean? So he's looking like, yo, you don't want to stop at this. I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Just So, like, they they rented a van, had him drive me around. I told him to stop at, like, Walmart so I could get, like, some toothpaste and shit like that. Went to the liquor store, ate, and then I'm about to, like, pay for it. He was like, nah, we got, like, a student union car. We could pay for it here. I'm like, yo, you want to... He's like, nah, and then he just was like so excited, like, yo, you don't gotta go nowhere. I'm like, nah. He was like, man, we had a comedian last year. I was driving around for like six hours with him. I'm like, nah, I ain't one of those, man. I wanna take a nap. Dude, yeah, but here's the thing. You're coming from the city, bro. He you're like a you're a, you're the closest thing he's ever seen to like and to like you're like a Tom Cruise to him. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 you're like and I didn't I didn't want to say that and have it come off as like disrespectful. You're like the closest thing to a celebrity that he's ever seen. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying you're not a celebrity. You know, I'm not saying you're not doing well, but but I'm saying like you're the you're the biggest thing he's ever fucking seen, bro. You came in from out of town? You live where? You live in New York City. Holy shit. They're like that's like, oh my gosh. When I when I was in Illinois, dude, I was uh for the short time I was there, I was I did pretty good, dude. I was banging chicks just off of the strength. I was like, yeah, I used to live in California. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit, you're from California? Like, yeah, weed's legal out there. Anyone ever <laughs> look like a rapper uh, with the same beard as you? What's his name? The white dude. Who? The, the white rapper with the beard. What's his name? Oh, Action Bronson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that yeah. a lot? Yeah, I've, I've gotten um, Action Bronson, uh, uh, Fat Bastard from the Austin Powers movies. <laughs> and, uh, oh, fat Bastard. And, and, and Mario Batali. Mm. Which, he probably don't know who that is. Or do you know who that is? He knows yeah. who Mario Batali is. Everyone in the city knows who Mario Batali is. Yeah. He's got like 14 just, restaurants. What's the thing? I, you just think I watch Martin all day? Damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I've come to find out that like Los is really an oh, undercover God. racist, dude. I've really come to find a lot out about him. He's bad. Nah, He's bad, dude. I've, I've, I've never seen that from him. I've, I've, I'm just fucking. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you're, you're I'm a good. Like, you're, yo, you got a good. He's a good friend. 
He's a good friend. He's sticking up for you, bro. He's a good friend. He's like, nah. Boy, go out like that. So, dude, you gotta tell me some. I wanna, I wanna hear some cruise ship stories, dude. That's like that. Just <laughs> that that intrigues me. Like I like I, I want to hear the like craziest shit. I've had three times on cruise ships. I've um. I remember one time I went to DR, and you know you hear stories about DR. I went to um, this brothel. It was crazy. <laughs> one time I was in Honduras. I got caught in um. The fun house. The police came to do a raid. I'm over there with like my pants halfway off my ass. And the guy <laughs> like, oh, just pull your pants up and call your taxi. We here for everybody else. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and just left. Um, <laughs> I went to DR another time. Um, so we was off the ship for 12 hours instead of eight. Yo, I spent at least like six hours there, yo. Took a nap and everything with the chick. Like, yo, man. <laughs> Like, got to know her kids and all that shit. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, this is some of the greatest sex. Yo, and I keep it so real. I, I'm fucking, like, left my brand new sneakers. I probably bought these, like, October 5th. If I got to DR October 8th, she had those sneakers. Like, yo, just give it to your son whenever you can see him. Aw. <laughs> Word. I yo, you're helping out. You're, you're in, like, a third... I wonder if she's on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It don't, no matter where you go, people have it's. Isn't that like crazy too? Because like from some of the traveling I've done, you, know, you like go to places and you're like, wow, this like the way that they live here is like kind of different from the way that yeah. we do. And then, and then you like go in their house, you're like, oh, you have a computer with the internet and a, and a smart TV and. Or you got an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like they got all of that. It's just yeah. It ain't. It's not T-Mobile and, and AT&T and some off-brand, offshore crap. You know what I'm saying? But they can hit you through yep. WhatsApp. Man. But I, I I honestly can say cruises are the most fun for the simple reason of, like, the how you can elevate someone's life. Because sometimes people just go on these cruises and still have to go back to a regular scheduled program of, like, yo, my life is twisted. Or my life is messed up when I go back home. But if they could get a, if you could get a laugh and you get someone to come up to you and just give you that, like, yo, you made this trip worthwhile, better than what they was going to say from the beginning, then you know you did your job. You know what I'm saying? So that, that'd be the perfect part about it. Yeah, the women and, and all that stuff come, the taking the pictures and people knowing you, signing a couple autographs, that, you know, get your head a little bigger. Like, oh, they, they know me, you know, but... The bottom line is just making someone have that smile on their face. That's the main thing. In any in any aspect, I do comedy. Somebody comes to me and like, you were funny, you were great, you made me laugh. Or it's like you made my day brighter. I'm cool with that. Well, that's you know, that's awesome. And that's like uh so that was the wildest thing. I did a show uh, I did like an audition at Broadway at in the main room, like in front of a packed room. And like afterwards, like some like People were like, ladies were coming up to me and like hugging me. Some lady was like hugging me like in front of her husband. And it was like all weird. I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, nice, weird. nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> like, I had the, the weirdest experience I had is when this lady wanted a picture with me. She wanted a picture with me. I was all fine with the picture. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a picture. It's when she gave the phone to the husband. And I just, you know, I look at the husband like, bro, you about to take a picture of your wife with the next man. Like, if anything, get your ass in this picture. So I guess when he's seen the way I, like, moved, I'm like, you know, I give her a look because I'm waiting for him to give her a look. 
Then he finally catches on. And he's like, nah, I ain't taking no picture with him. We gonna take a picture together. But then when I see the picture, <laughs> she crops this dude out. I'm like, oh, this lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, and that was and that was a good feeling too. Like having I had I had some guy come up to me and he's like, yo, can I take a picture with you? And I was like, Yeah, sure, dude. And then he's and then after we take it, he's like He's like, I'm, I'm going to keep this. You, you know, maybe I'll, you, you might go somewhere or something stupid like that. And I was like, I was like, yes, yes. Give me power. The, like, I'm going to keep this. You might go somewhere. It's like, man, just tell me, keep pushing. Don't tell me, Mike. Just, just keep pushing. Like, the Mike is like, damn, what you expect me to do? Like, go start sniffing cocaine next week? Like, the hell? I mean, dude, I was, I was excited. I was like. Like every little bit, like I'm an attention horse. So every little bit of attention that I, I get, I fucking like it. Just like there's something about being in front of all those people. And I got and I got the little one month residency or whatever at Broadway. So I, you know, I got like passed or whatever. So I was excited about that. And then the coronavirus came and they shut everything down and you know, fucking supposedly. They talking, they talking like comedy clubs like 2021. Oh, damn. And the reason why I'm saying that, because they're not even trying to have people at football and basketball games. So think about Broadway Comedy Club, 200 people packed up on top of each other. They yeah, that. no. You know what I mean? So Trump to say, this is the second wave of the coronavirus. Yeah. Of the comedy clubs and clubs. That's so why I'm people, oh, I pray the summer's going to be great. Hell no. If they put out the summer, that's when people really gonna be dropping. People gonna be dropping at cookouts. Well that's <laughs> well I see I was hoping that in this summer I know that uh I have access to like some outdoor venues and stuff. I may try to put some stuff together outdoors. I think people are gonna be hungry to do something. They might be hungry yeah. to do how close are you willing how close to them how close will they get to the stage? <laughs> I mean, if I mean, if it's outdoors, you could do social distancing and all that. Man, I'm a bang for my buck. This shit better be packed shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> right? I mean, well, we. <laughs> like, how long are you gonna keep people six feet away from each other? So you telling me now in the NBA, yo, you can't full court press six feet distance. Curry's <laughs> <laughs> about to have a hundred points now. <laughs> So when are you, you when can't are you sack the quarterback? When are you gonna be comfortable <laughs> going back on the cruise ship? Cause that's like the incubator. They always talk about people on the cruise ship getting sick, even before this. With the cruise ship, I would give you know, I I have uh, two situations on the table now for them where, you know, it's up in the air. But I told them to be honest, I think twenty twenty two I will come back. You're putting it out far, so you're so you're prioritizing your health over like like 2020. Because if you think about it, once you blink your eyes, it's gonna be 2021. Yeah, you're right. They're gonna, they're gonna throw some type of monkey wrench into something else coming out to where you know cruise ships is the first place, so it hits. So I don't want to get there, and then next thing you know, now they're coming out with the Lysol virus, and I'm all stuck on a cruise ship. You know, what yeah. I mean? So I rather. I'd rather a later date compared to a, a quicker date. And then next thing you know, I'm over here huffing and puffing like, yo, my chest is yeah. about to cave in. 
everyone has different symptoms and everyone, you know, because I caught the coronavirus. I lost my taste. I lost my smell and I was sneezing. I didn't catch all the other things that everyone else is like, oh, diarrhea and things of that nature. So it's like I went to Orlando, came back. First thing that I lost was my taste. Like I'm I'm eating cheese noodles and I'm like, nigga, y'all, I don't taste nothing. And then I drink some New Amsterdam. I'm like, that is like the end of the earth. Like New Amsterdam. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't take none of that shit. So that's why I was like, all right, then I couldn't smell it. You know what I mean? But I could still breathe fine and I'm sneezing. So <clears throat> I already caught it. But then I see other people with the breathing machines. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it's like it's the end of the world for them. So it's like I really don't know what's going on with this virus where they like, oh, drink ginger tea and vitamin C will go away. And then next thing you know, it's like the person you tell them to do that, not even two weeks later, we put in sleep in peace. So it's something more to this that they ain't telling us. Of course, they ain't going to tell us, but. I ain't talking speculations. I'm talking how I see it. You know? yeah, well, I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad that you're all right, too. I'm glad that you were able yeah. to get through it, and yeah, it, it didn't. And that's the thing that's really weird to me. It's like so, and I know it's definitely viruses affect people different ways, but like just the range of like they're saying like that like so many people could have had it and like barely even had anything happen, and then there's people who are totally healthy and they fucking get it, and boom, they're gone. You're like, what? What happened to someone's like, oh, coronavirus. Yeah, we both. I just saw that dude. He was fine. We both lost uh, somebody that we both know, uh, you know, through the circuit. He was actually um, Fred, the godson, passed away recently. Oh, you know, so Craig, you ain't just Fred. Yo, every day I just be scared to go on Instagram and even like I ain't even want to DM you today because it's like every time I go, I just see sleep in peace like or rest in peace and it's like damn him too or damn her too or you know it's just yeah. it's just a domino effect of i really wonder if some of these people are being used as test dummies like all right let's see if this dosage of medicine will work or oh that didn't work up oh, and put that in the research this ain't you know what i mean like i i really honestly don't know what this virus consists of because it's like you one day I seen like it was 50,000 cases. Then the next day, this is in New York. Next day it was like 220,000. I'm like, how we go from this? You got us quarantined. Then it's like stay inside, but you can stay inside and still get it. Oh, yeah. I know a friend of mine, I know a friend of mine his cousin, a game head, like little game head, like cleanest game head I've ever seen. Like all this dude does is eat cereal, maybe a hot pocket, wash his dishes out, vacuum his room, and he's back to the game, and Lysol and everything, and he caught it. So that's why I'm like, there's just so many different ways this virus is catching people. Like, man, I don't know, man. They shit. I think this is the year where they're going to put a fucking chip in our, in, in our arm, you know? Just yeah, oh, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they already have the patent on it, and then they have... There's like some weird uh, other patent on like a new cryptocurrency that you like earn through body activity, like data through this fucking chip and like this, like, you know, UV ink or whatever they have like patented. Dude, and that's the shit they're talking about. Yo, I will not let them put any kind of digital certificate on my body. That's the mark of the beast, dude. That's some satanic shit. I'm just trying to see like it's so much money being lost, right? Oh, of course there's money. No, but it's being lost. Like, 
all the money that we thought America never had, you know people got now because now you're getting stimulus checks, you're getting people are getting more food stamps, people are getting more of this, yep. getting more of that, health care is through the roof, things like that. They just taking you, you apply for health care, it's like, boom, you're accepted. You used to have to show your pay stubs and things of that yeah. nature. But now unemployment is up through the roof. Planes is only having like eight people tops on it. So they really ain't making no money once they fuel it up, make this pilot go and then make the most of the time they don't even put a, a um what's the people you know, flight attendant. Like, most of the time it's like, yo, we ain't serving no drinks. Like, bring your own shit. Like, for real, like, bring your own bottle. Bring your own drink. Like, let's be honest. Like, restaurants in airports are not being open. You t- are you serious? It's oh open. yeah, no. Yeah. The whole, the whole, um, a lot of money being missed. Yeah, for real. The whole, the whole world, the whole world is getting hit like that. But then there are just these like people who they're like, all right, you guys can stay open and make all the money. That's not enough money, though. Think about it. You open, like, I'm not saying right? Well, we're talking about 29 basketball teams, right? 32 football teams. How much How much baseball teams is it? Too many. Yeah. 60-something yeah. <laughs> baseball, hockey, right? Baseball right now is going into not even playoffs, but probably spring, like, Spring ball is over. You know what I mean? Spring ball is over. It's time to get it done. You know what I'm saying? But you telling me the NBA Finals is supposed to be like next week? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We did an NFL draft through the computer. <laughs> I know. It's like fantasy football. I should have like- signed up for the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, everyone did private workouts, but it's like, who's really going to work out during this pandemic if we got to stay inside? No, you're right. You're telling me your your defensive back is going to be the same defensive back from when he was putting people out at Clemson? Hell no. What? It's going to be a slow process to get back from, you know. It's just going to be a slow process, you I think, you know, I think you may be right. I think you may be right because it sounds like you've come to terms with the reality of the thing. I know the reality. It's no more. I had I had a seventy city tour with Ha Davis before this happened. Once it closed down, I was like, "We ain't going back no time soon." Because it was little by little, things was just getting, you know, just canceled. So it's like, all right, cool. Okay. But once I looked at it, and then I keep getting the oh, we'll, we'll open April fifteenth. No, let's do May 15th. No, let's do June 15th. Now you done shut down the gay parade and the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Oh, yeah, the summer's over. Puerto yeah. Rican Day Parade the summer. Yeah. yeah, so I guess... The gay parade is the middle of the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're saying, yeah, they're saying what, June now, the end of June. They're they're putting tentative dates for the end of June. Yeah, they and I know. Now and then, when July could think about a Fourth of July, you think they're gonna have people outside watching firecrackers? Hell no. They no, can't. they already canceled. They already canceled some of them around here in Connecticut. Mm. They already canceled the fireworks shows. Well, also because the towns have no money, people aren't out spending money. The towns are getting no sales tax money. 
Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's it's a wreck, dude. It's a wreck right now. It's an absolute wreck. Happier times were before. No, I'm Let's just talk about where, you know, hooks me up still, you know what I mean? You still <laughs> getting cuts? Hell yeah, come to my house. I knew my boss in my life, shit. He be coming here with his hazmat suit and shit. Uh, he more safe than me. I just put my mask on. He coming here, mask up, son. What? The barber. He's Yo, still- yeah. But you got to do what you got to do right now to make money. Because they, they got, got people. Freelancers like, like, in, like I pay my taxes. You know, I'm LLC'd and I'm a private contractor. But if I ain't getting no shows, ain't no money coming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this, like, when you told me to come to the studio today to do it, I'm like, that shit don't make sense for me when I can just sit right here and still look at y'all. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> interview like only thing is is like we just <laughs> it looks like I'm in the ES, y'all in the ESPN networks and I'm in my home like so straight <laughs> 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 like so that. I had I had on I had Andre Kim on um last, last week. week yeah it'll be last week yeah, yeah I had Andre Kim on last week and he and he was like it looks like a hostage video <laughs> <laughs> DJ Los is like, yo, I'm I'm a, I'm a um see. He was like, yo, or you could just come to the studio. I'm like, yeah, send it where it is. I'm like, mm, nah, you we can Skype. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wait, you're you're in the row, but I thought you were living out in L.A. for a minute. No, or you went, yeah, you escaped L.A. About, no, 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 I didn't escape. So the thing about L.A., what was going on was I was touring with you know my roommates and. Once that tour, like, started, you know, it started revamping itself, you know what I mean? To where a point where HaHa Davis and me already had some tour dates in mind, and I just was, it was more easier for me to leave on the East Coast than taking $400 flights from LAX to, to this, to that. When I was leaving from LaGuardia going to Detroit or Cleveland, these are like $108 flights. I'm leaving from LAX. My first layover in Chicago, then from Chicago, I got to, you know what I mean? I'm spending so much money to get to these three, four shows. But by the time I really look at my receipts and the money I got to go back to L.A. with, it's like I'm breaking even. So I came back to New York to start the tour. And then next thing you know, it's like, yeah, um, we ain't starting the tour. I'm like, what you mean we ain't starting the tour? Coronavirus. Oh, whatever. So, yeah, that's yeah, back to L.A., but like. After like September, October, I think my lease is up. So I think I'm a, I don't know. I, New York is always going to be home, but I think like my next step might be Atlanta or Charlotte. You know what I mean? Just to, you know, test more of the black market. You know what I mean? Like I'll go to LA when LA calls for me. Like I, I think I forced myself to go out there to see like, all right, I'm, I, I already did everything, but LA is more so you got to kick in more doors than what you really think you got to do. Like, so that's that's it's it's rough. And I feel like of stages is not. Yep, that's you know, what I was like gonna New say. York, New York will do a, a show in a pizza parlor and call it pizza and comedy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, <laughs> it's like if you ain't going to a comedy club or you ain't booked in a comedy club. You basically gonna be just watching everybody. You know what I'm saying? You are gonna be going to a comedy club and like, what you did today? Yeah, I went to go watch this comedy show. How was it? Like. Now you became a spectator and then 
and you know the love and passion you had, you ain't gonna feel the same for for some people. I know for me, I went to a lot of shows just to spectate and you know get my feet wet, see who I needed to talk to, and I finally start kicking in some doors. But I know people that have been out there like two, three years, haven't performed in LA, but performed other places. It's pointless. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I like there's a the scene in Connecticut's really started to started to pick up, and it's like kind of piggybacking off of what New York has had for a while. That was the thing I was going to say is in LA, it it doesn't seem like there's many, there's many clubs in New York. There's tons. There's there's a club every, there's literally like a legit comedy club every five blocks. Yep. Everyone got a comedy room. Yeah. And some, and some of those rooms are fucking awesome. Some of them really are. And I like, I like the whole style. I like the New York style clubs where you're like, you go like underground and like it's like you know it's low ceilings and yeah. dark and I I really I fucking love it. There's it's it's like a drug, drug. Man, man. It really is. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of with, with wrong a little. Feel good. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Even the bomb is like fucking. Even the bomb does something for me. Like bombing on stage? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not completely bombing, but even like like when you have to when you have to like wrestle a crowd back, like after you lose them a little bit, or I don't like that feeling. That's one of them feelings. I'm like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, you had that one moment with um somebody in the in the crowd that was like trying to heckle you, and then you like roasted them really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, with that, but you know what's so crazy? That's just me from. That's just me. Lunchroom just shit. Being from the hood and lunchroom shit, so it's like, oh, you want a job? <laughs> oh, this, this is this is my area here. This is where I master. Like I've done been in the ring with the best of the best. I'm about to show you Mayweather undefeated right now. <laughs> that's when I really just start letting it loop, boom, 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 and then that's it. Like that's why a lot of times when I was doing them battles, them yeah, battles. I had to take myself out of the comedy world and be like, damn, I got a host. Because there's times where there's so much going on, but that's how it elevates the battle because there's so much talking. I'm not used to so much talking mm-hmm. during a comedy show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So during the battle, I'm over here like, I'm trying to get this producer set or I'm trying to get this producer set or I'm trying to get these judges off their phones so they really can hear it. You know what I mean? I got to make sure the sound man is on point with me because sometimes you got the sound man up there just so lost. He got the bass so high, but then he got the the mono so low. So now, yeah. beat you ain't feel the com- complete beat, and now this producer's mad at me, and it's like, nah, be mad at that, be mad at everybody. There's too much going on. So just to let the listeners know, there were um, these producer battles that I used to go to, and that's where me and Marcus met again because we grew up in the same hood and knew people through. Uh, mutual friends. Yeah. So doing those producer battles, did any of that help you from hosting those? Did any of that, any of that help you with your craft and comedy? Doing those definitely helped me a lot to learn how to host like concerts and different type of events. You know what I mean? Like showcases. So I understood more so of like that underground art. You know what I mean? Because that's like that underground art to understand like, all right, there's different ways I got to host. You know what I mean? I got a comedy club, comedy show. I know w- how I got to wheel the audience in. With that underground, you got to just make sure they're in tune. And whoever has that biggest following, 
you know, you cater to them like, all right, let's calm down. Cause you know, you get it, you've seen it before where people come, yeah. they you got they got ninety people coming for one producer. Yeah. And then, you know, they're like, oh, let's do a sound off. It's like, bro, it's so unfair because it's biased. <laughs> yeah. He got 90 people compared to this dude bringing four people. Two one, two of them is his sister. One's his girlfriend. And his dad <laughs> never seen him perform. So I was like, you want him to scream? He's like, get him. Come on. Get him. No, it's like, it's biased. So a lot of those battles I loved. And a lot of those battles, I have to honestly... I, I wish rules could have been alternated. You know what I mean? With that, let's do, let's go to the crowd. I felt like that should have never been it. I felt it should have been more so of an executive decision of like 106 in Park of the who you got going to the next round. And it's like, all right, let's get, instead of going between three judges, let's add two special guest judges. You know what I mean? So now, whoever gets the three out of two, that's who wins. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah, that really yeah. know their music. They did have some great judges that didn't know their music. Then you had some that had connections with certain producers and was like, well, I'm choosing him because he's my man. It's like, I'll get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's how that shit... Yeah, it's that's entertaining. How that shit. I don't like, shit. like, when I do comedy competitions, I... I, I do them shits for, for like, from my heart. You know what I mean? Like, if I do a comedy competition, I'm going in there not knowing the comedians. And even if I do know the comedians, I'm still on the same level. Like, if I feel a comedian is funny to me, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is kind well, of Well, it depends on... It, it depends on... Well, it depends on, the, on who's judging the competition, too. If you have actual judges... That's like one thing, but then there's like those comedy competitions where it's like the crowd judges, and that's just basically like a real sleazy way of like uh, making people do a bringer without telling them they're doing a bringer, because it's like whoever brings the most people wins. Yeah. Like I did, I did, I did one of those competitions, and me, I didn't fucking bring anybody. I'm like, oh, the crowd judges, cool, I'll win, it's great. I killed, dude. I had fucking, I had a great set, and then of course some fucking chick wins, and I'm like talking to the host. And he's like, yeah, she won because she brought, she won with like 14 votes because she brought like 14 people. Like they have to vote for her. I was like, oh, that's how these things work. I, I was like, I, I was like, it's a bringer. It's a bringer show. I hated those bringer shows for one reason and one reason only. I remember the time, this was the first time I did a bringer show and I was supposed to bring 12 people. And I'm like, all right, 12 people. I had 11. One of my homeboys, girl, goes into labor en route to me. Like, yo, I'm en route to you, bro. This is the 12th person I need. Yo, my girl's going into labor. I'm like, <laughs> I can't say I need you at my show. <laughs> so so I tell him, like, yo, you ain't performing tonight. Meanwhile, I done sold the tickets. People are already on their second. Yo, I made, like, the biggest scene. So I could perform because it's like I think it's unfair that I miss one person, but everyone else is here doing what you ask. Like they bought a ticket, two at a minimum, and now because one person ain't show up, nah, forget that son. Nah. You're not gonna take my people's money. If that's the case, then give everybody a refund. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. A hundred percent. Yeah, the bringer bringers are like uh Bringers are fucking sleazy things. There's, uh, I mean, they are what they are. Some of them sort of like the audition that I did was a bringer, which was good. But now I got, you know, I, I have 
times and dates when uh, I don't have to bring people. In fact, in fact, the booker, uh, Rich, over at Broadway was like, um, he was like, yeah, if you want to bring three or four friends or whatever, you can bring them. I'll let them in for free. They don't have to buy a ticket. I was like, that's cool. That's like the opposite of a bringer. Like, you want yeah. me? For- yeah. Like, I'm like, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. Like, so I I did that bringer, but like, I, like there's, there's comedians out there that run bringers and they're like, yeah, you know, you'll maybe, you know, you'll get a chance to come back and perform or you'll get to work with pros or this. Or, and it's like all bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. It's just, they just want you to bring the people $20 a ticket, $16 a ticket, whatever the fuck it is, two uh, item minimum, $8 fucking beers. $16 a drink, you know, yep. each drink. So like, yo, we made our quota. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, it only costs a bar uh, 80 cents to $1.80 to pour a, a mixed drink. So imagine them charging you eight to what's the name? Eight to $16. Yeah, value. Yeah, they're killing it. Oh, they're fucking killing it. You go get a mixed drink from the airport, son. You between twelve and sixteen dollars. You well, got you, a layover for two hours. You eat, you drink about two or three drinks just so you can fall asleep on the next plane. Yep, just raped you. Yeah, no, I travel. I, tra- I, no, I travel. I travel, and, and the airport costs. But no gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the airport's the airport's bad man and you gotta uh you're you gotta bring i bring nips in uh yeah bag always bring a ziploc full of nips that's like my that's like my travel hack when i found out that you now you're technically not allowed to serve yourself on the plane but i normally fly jet blue and i got the uh mosaic status so they kind of like, you know, they charge me for like the first two drinks and then fucking the flight attendants are like, ah, he's all right. You know, and they and they hook it up or whatever. But yeah, the nips are like the biggest travel hack. They make traveling like, OK. Yeah, you know, so crazy. I love nips so much because like when I like buy regular bottles and then I'm like, yo, damn, I just bought like 10 nips and like three or four <laughs> nips. And it's like, yo, this all right. Like, yep. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when I drink nips, the little amount of alcohol gets me more fucked up for some reason. Like you're saying, like if you buy a bottle, like if I buy a bottle, I'll drink like most of that bottle. Yeah, but this but what I'm saying is like when you drink the bottle, it's like it's cool. You you keep having like two or three drinks. But the nips like creep up on you so fast, you're like, oh, right. You know what I mean? You be on that <laughs> little neck fellow, you're like, I'm good. Like, this is going to be a good flight. <laughs> you don't want no snacks. You don't care about the pretzels, the cheeses. Leave me alone, B. I like to, I like to eat weed before I go on a plane. <laughs> like, eat the weed? Edibles, edibles. Oh, edibles, edibles. Edible weed, like, yeah. No, when you say weed, I'm thinking like you eating a whole kush. Like, like. <laughs> I mean. Like your lows, you might want to reevaluate who you hang out with right now. <laughs> he might want to do that anyway. I need to stay away from that boy. He he might he might he might you might be on to something. You could be on to something with that. You might want to evaluate what you're doing, but that's for another <laughs> time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, I love. There's nothing better than like you get on like a like from. 
I fly out of Westchester a lot down to Orlando. You said you were in Orlando. Um, yeah. And and then sometimes I'll go down to Tampa, and um, that's like a three-hour flight, two-hour, 45-minute, or like whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what route they took for me. That shit was like two, two hours and eight minutes. Okay, well, you know what? On the way back, they, it's always a short flight yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, When I went there, on the way back. Like, I felt like it was taking long, but on the way back, I'm like, I like dozed off, and no lie, I knew I dozed off good, because like, all I heard was like, uh, we're waiting for our gate to open. I'm like, our gate to open? i like, I just closed my eyes. Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't that the best? And I looked at that pile. I was like, "Man, you want to drive me home too?" <laughs> <laughs> that's why I. That's why I eat edibles before I get on the plane because I think I have like this. I usually bring like like the last time I was flying down, I had like this. I had a script I was reading, so I like brought that and I brought my laptop. I was gonna type and write some stuff and do all this shit. And then like I just got on the plane and I was like, "I am so fucking high right now." And I tried to watch TV on my phone and just ended up dropping my phone. I, like, woke <laughs> up. My phone's on the floor. I'm like, oh, what's up? They're like, oh, we're landing in 10 minutes, sir. You, you drop your phone. Uh, can you put your seat back up? We need you to, you know, put your seat up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We're here. We're here. What did you do in Orlando? Where, where were you? Uh, no, I wasn't working at no comedy clubs. Uh, a family friend of mine was getting uh, married, so he asked me to like host his wedding and just liven it up. So like, I want to say he was getting married that Saturday, but he um, actually paid for my flight to come out there Tuesday just to do some rehearsals and you know help him set up a couple things. So I'm like, cool. Somebody calls me like Sunday, like, yo, we still on? I'm like, I should be asking you. The government shutting shit down. He's like, yeah, we still a go. So I'm like, cool, let's make it happen. So I get there Tuesday, and then like Saturday got married. It was like this coming to America wedding, man. It was, <laughs> it was magical. It was That's magical. awesome. That's awesome, dude. Nice Airbnb, you know what I mean? Pool and lake in the backyard, so... Had a good time on mine. Yeah, the lake in the backyard is cool, man. But uh, them fucking there's alligators and shit in Florida. Yeah, I know that part. But my thing was, I wasn't going in the lake. I'm just saying, just a view of it all, like from New York and you know living in LA and just seeing that was just like, oh, I can see why a lot of people come out here because you're banging for your buck. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I like, love Florida. Buck, yeah, like it's you cheap for your buck. Exactly. Yeah, it's super cheap. You go out to you go out to you go out to eat and you order a drink and it's like, you know, five bucks or six bucks or you get or you order a beer and it's like three bucks. You're mm. like, what? In the city, you order a drink. It's you know, you're talking to call like you said, eight to sixteen bucks for a drink. So wait, weren't you working on something with um your other two roommates? Are you guys? Are- not doing anything what's what's going on with that with oots and um no we still we still working on on a couple things like you know everyone got their own projects that they trying to throw out at the moment you know what i mean like everybody trying to throw out their own projects so it's like it's, it's never no love lost but everyone you know everyone everyone ain't trying to be like just one group and forever you know what i mean like of course we we the roomies and things of that, but I don't think everyone wants to be one group forever. Like it's gonna be a time like the eighty five South show is like they're known for the eighty five South show, but you know 
DC Young Fly, Chico Bean, and Carlos Miller individually. So at this point in time, it's like I think it's, this is the best time for us to do individual things and then come collective as a group. So that's when you, you know, you know, what I mean, that's how DC Young Fly and them did it. We're not following their way, but I think like we have the the, the smarts and you know just the the wittiness of just like all right, everybody, you know, bring the biggest impact of their life together at one point. And then we could come as a group. You know what I mean? So you don't want to come like shorthanded, like where it's like, all right, Leonard's here, Marcus is here, uh, Vince is in between. You know what I mean? Like you don't want that point. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. It's uh, good that you're, you're keeping busy and stuff. I'm like, we're doing the podcast and stuff. I think that's, I think keeping busy is important right now because like, you know, is this is what the longest time since you started comedy that you haven't done comedy? This is more than the longest. This is the this is the longest time, yeah, that I haven't done comedy. I've, even when I had jobs, I just never like made it a a part time job. It was always a full time job along yep. with my full job. I had. Well, if so, you, it's humbled me to be like, like I'm always prepared prepared for a rainy day. But this was one of those be prepared for a rainy day, the snow day, the hail day, the the tornado day. You know what I mean? Like you gotta have different avenues. <laughs> You know what I mean, it's a lot of people where like they're still making money off of just MTV calling them and like, hey, we want to do a virtual show. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll throw you a little ten thousand real quick. How how you gonna get the money? Uh, commercials, duh. Yeah, commercials probably yep. ain't as much as like Super Bowl prices, but it's still a little price you gotta pay. No, and what do you think about virtual comedy shows? I won't do one. Ah. So what I do is I go live every Monday and I just, you know, talk a couple things and throw, you know, some topics out there. So I sit down and, you know, ask and throw my jokes out there and a couple people could chime in. And, then, you know, 10 p.m. I, I try to, you know, act like I'm Tory Lanez and have a couple chicks come up in, shake their rum shaker and things of that nature. You know what I mean? But yeah, that, that, that always is worth it. I feel because... It's like you're looking at a bunch of memes. I mean, not memes, but um, like emojis. So you're looking at a bunch of emojis like, huh. So it's like, you don't feel that same as if you're on stage and like, hey, I'm Marcus Banks. Ah, yo, he a funny dude. Now you like, I'm Marcus Banks. You see mad crying faces like, oh, are they crying because of the corona or are they laughing with me? You know? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's it's just weird to me, and maybe I'm maybe I'm being pigheaded and stubborn by like kind of refusing to get involved with it. But it's just I don't have like for me it is the experience and the connection with the audience. That's what like first of all, that's what makes me funny. I don't. I you know. I mean, it, it's just a way that I connect with the audience. My apologies. I heard what you said. I'm just getting so much text messages about interviews now after you guys asked me. I should have never said I was doing interviews now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the third time. <laughs> you- I interview you like, yo, today's good. I'm like, nah, man. I just had a lot of one person. I'm like, yo, I'm on my fir- fourth interview. I asked you to like Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> be sitting at my computer desk all day hurting my back. Forget this shit. <laughs> Well, man, we're not we're actually we're we're coming up on our hour. That's about what we do here. So uh, if you oh, want to just, uh, y'all, I'm just saying, like, I ain't about to be sitting here for like three, four different podcasts and interviews and shit. Like, people trying, like, yo, I'll do it over the phone. 
Dwayne in jail? Like I can't see. (laughs) And that's and that's the other thing too. I like I obviously we appreciate you coming on and taking your time, but I. I like to be in studio, and it's it's been getting tougher and tougher to get people in studio, especially with the yeah. fucking with the virus and the and the but way. No, so much you could do with this, you know. what I mean, you just have to, you know. what I mean, like every everyone should watch themselves in their own habitat. So, like once this is done, you might want to go back to where it's like, all right, maybe I have cards next time for this person, or maybe I'll dumb it down a little bit with this joke or take it to, you know what I mean? Because you want it to be a point where everyone's looking forward to coming. Like, I enjoyed this podcast, but everyone ain't going to be as open to certain jokes. Because I know certain jokes I say, people be like, yo, what the f-? Like, I just don't care. That's just my attitude, yeah, you know? You don't give a fuck. But yeah, yeah, I, you, yeah, I don't give a fuck either. Do, but at some time, at certain points, certain, like, Certain females or certain males, certain males that, you know, you come off a little bit more, you know, manly than certain people. So you probably testing someone's manhood like, yo, what you mean by that, yo? You know what I mean? And you gotta like, yeah. bro, joke. They be like, no, but I don't joke. Then you got to look at them like, you a comedian. They was like, yeah, but it's a different joke. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. I, I speak, speaking of that, so I get like a lot of like, because ever, because. Like well, as I go, as I got more comfortable on stage, I really started like looking at the audience, mm. and like and like trying to really like look at their reactions, and like I'll tell jokes where I'll see like a dude look at his girlfriend, like <laughs> for permission to laugh, like or, like like, you like he knows. The, have you ever had the girl look at the guy for permission? <laughs> I more I more see I more see them look the the guys look at the girls for permission to laugh but it's like uh and i and i've seen i've he seen people, and i wasn't even on stage and i'm looking from like the back curtain and shit and she over there and the whole time he yo it, it like his like his whole like character went from like <laughs> but and then once <laughs> she, she just went like this like what he's funny i'm like oh shit this ain't gonna end well. <laughs> oh no! But yeah, it was well, at the end to like take pictures with the comedians. She's over there. I just want a picture. That's with a whole altercation song. What's so funny about them? You want a picture with them, huh? Take her ass outside and you argue with her there, yo. Yeah, that's that's like the whole dynamic I was saying. We're like, I'm I'm getting hugs from like this lady. She's like, oh my god, you were great, you were great. And then and she's like, oh by the way, this is my husband. I'm like, oh. Yeah, nice to meet you. And then the, you know, the wife's like, "I just want to hug you again." I'm like, "Yeah, nice to meet you, sir. Um, can you get your wife off of me, please?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just like a witch. I've been over there. I've just been winking at him. Your wife liking me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just such it's such a weird dynamic. But like, so that's like my that's like another like I don't give a fuck. That's like. I think that's one of my endearing qualities. Like you said, like I love to throw shit out there sometimes. And sometimes you see, you get like a, like a reaction. And like, my thing is I just dig deeper. Like I dig like mm-hmm. real deep, like, yeah. you know, well, that's what I was saying with you. You had a, didn't you have an incident where the crowd felt bad for the heckler? Cause you were shitting on him so much. I've, I've had times where, but at times like people, They'll feel bad for the heckler, but then they have to understand, like, 
I'm here to do a job. So it's like, it's like when you're in a class, when you're in a class and you got that one disruptive student, what do you do? You kick that one disruptive student out, you know what I mean? So the rest of the class can learn. So you over here screaming and, and hooting and hollering because you want to see my gaps. But at the same time, homie, to every movie is opening credits. Right now, I'm the opening credit. So if you ain't want to see the opening credits, then take your ass back to the bar until you hear his name. Because right now, I got a job to do. So I can't care about your heart and your desire to see Mike Epps when I'm trying to get to his statue. You know what I'm saying? So now, what do I have to do? I have to show these people I'm funny. I have to show these people. I have to make them remember me. But now they remember me for being funny. But you just gave it an extra boost because you want to be the asshole. You want to be like, where am I getting at? Drunk and belligerent. Oh, really? Now it's time. Gloves is off, homie. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and that's the thing, too. At some, at some point, it's the comedy club or the venue's responsibility to get that person the fuck out of there. Yeah, to make yeah. sure that the other people that are paying money to see a show get to see the show. Well, he didn't take it too far. It just was the whole time you could tell where he was sitting. He's being disruptive towards the people because now chairs are doing the what you know what I mean. So now it's like, sure. all right, well, yep, yep. Security, but then I'm like, yo, you all right? And then once he just he was like, no, I won't see my. And then once it, it's like a it's like a one two punch. Like his punch was one, mine was two. So he threw a little jab, which once he said. Nah, I ain't coming to see you. I can't see Mike. The whole crowd does the, oh. Now, I can't just <laughs> say, oh, have a good show. Oh, hell no. No. Uh-uh. Hell no. Nope. Nope. And everything I said was so right because the girl he came with, when we was taking pictures, she was like, yo, he's in the car upset. But I'm like, yeah, ain't nobody tell him to come over here yelling and hooting and hollering. <laughs> Well, that's like it's 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 weird when you're like on stage, people treat you differently. There's like I don't know, there's like a little bit of jealousy or something Even that, in there. You no, know, your um your senses enhance when you're on stage. So your eyesight, your hearing, so little shit you'll see. And me being that type of comic, I'll say something. If it doesn't bug me too much, I'll let it go. But if I see something to where it's like I know this is about to be disruptive. Oh, no, I'm going to nip it in the butt. Yeah. I remember when you were the comedian on stage, it's like driving your car. Yeah. You drive your car and, and, and playing your music at a level six. If you high, you're going to play it to a level 20 to where you function and you in your zone. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, because and, and here's the thing I never understood. It's so bad to see. I've seen comedians lose their tempers and get beat by the heckler. And that's the worst. <laughs> That's you. It, you can't do that. And and the thing is, like, you have a gun. They have nothing. You have a microphone. They don't. If you can't win, you might be in the wrong business. You need you need one just, quick shot. You need one quick shot, like Jamie Fox in um in um Django. That's it. Bow. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. You need. Yes. You need. You need one quick shot, and then to tell you the truth, once you hit them with one quick shot, you can just say anything, and you know, because it's like it's like a tide of emotion. It's like I don't know if you feel this way. It's like, like, like I said, like I like I get I get off on like kind of 
telling a bad joke and kind of losing them and then being able to reel them back in because you can feel like the the ebb and the flow of their of people's attention like when you're on stage like you said your sentence are your senses are heightened it's like a different it's a different thing than anything else i've ever felt in my life there's nothing that equates to that like control like setup you know premise setup punchline laugh and then they like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's like well that's what they're there for you know people don't go to a comedy show to like not laugh and the one or two assholes that do go to a comedy show to be an asshole like you know other people don't appreciate that shit either so yeah you kind of have the upper hand on these people but then there's also just like you said just like the just people who get really drunk and and they you know and they just they're out of their element a little bit with the agenda like yo i'm gonna fuck this show up Ooh, yeah, that's a different animal. See, those are the people that. that well, I mean, like the the show doors open at seven. Then they had seven fifteen. Probably had like three glasses of wine. Now over the beer. Probably had like two or three shots. Or it's that person that probably didn't have a good week. Stock market didn't hit for them the way they wanted to, or they didn't get a promotion. So they're drinking their sorrows away. They want you to make them laugh, but in their head they was like, "Yo, it'd be funnier if me and him could have the show to ourselves." That's you it. just glitched yeah. out. I'm yeah, sorry. You gl- yeah, you glitched you just, out. You just glitched oh. out right there for the last for the last thing. The last thing I heard was that uh, someone had a bad week. Yeah, stock so, market. Stock market. But then they, you know, they come to the show, drink, but at the same time, they're not thinking of the show. They're thinking like, maybe this show was for me. So me and him, or me and this comedian, could go back and forth. You say something, I say something. You say something, I say something. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there, there's definitely those that want to yeah. be part of the show. Well, to make those like producer battles like more entertaining, there was like one time me and him were hanging out in the back before it started, and I was like, "Yo, I got I got a joke that I'm gonna hit you with," and then he fucking hits me with an AR. <laughs> like I just threw one jab, <laughs> and he just fucking airs me out. I laughed. I remember other people around me were like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, and I'm there clapping. I'm laughing hysterical because he's just ripping on me. And it was fucking hilarious. But I saw your eyes let up. I was like, I got one joke for you. And you're like, oh, yeah, you got a joke for me? And I see him just like. I'm already. Once I read the body, it's like, all right, here we go. You got this. one shot. And once this microphone comes back here. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't know which gun I'm gonna shoot, but it's gonna be shot. <laughs> so, speed. So, okay. So, you were talking about the guy heckling you, and he's saying he's there to see Mike Epps. Like, so I'm sure all the listeners like want to know, like, how did you hook up with Mike Epps? Like, what's what's the what's the story behind that? Because that's a big deal. Yeah. So I hooked up with Mike um, through um, my manager. So. My manager used to um, be his road manager uh, back like when like Def Comedy Jam and you know before he like took off to the movies and things of that nature. So um, later down the line, when I got with my manager after I met her on the cruise, like my third cruise, she hits me like, "Hey, uh, do you want to go on a tour?" So I'm like, "Hell yeah!" She's like, "You ever just see IAA Week?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but not on the biggest stage." So my guest's um, wife's brother is a rapper. His name is Shayroy from Chicago. 
So they did a swap where Shayro opened up for Jadakiss and I opened up for Mike Epps. So with me opening up for Mike Epps, it was more so like Mike Epps paid attention to see like, all right, let, let's see why my road manager is calling me for this kid. Let's see what's so special. And it's about like 10,000 people at the Bojangles Coliseum. I did my quick little five minutes and like some more congratulated me, Earthquake, uh, Gary Owens, Tony Rock. And as soon as I got on stage, like Mike was like, oh, all right, you got something, you, you got a little something you're working with. And then, you know, later down the line, he just kept giving me a couple dates, like if he was in like the tri-state area and they start seeing the consistency and how I was just hungry and then things just fell in place. That's awesome. That's such a great story. So you weren't even touring with him originally. No, no, I wasn't touring with him originally. So you were just so it was like another opportunity, and then they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna throw, we're just gonna throw a fucking, you know, he's in the same area as you're in, and and his yeah. wife's brother or whatever is like, fuck it, hey, let's, you know, and that's fucking awesome. That's great, and dude. Wife's brother Shayro, he's actually he's actually a good, he's he's a he's a good rapper. Like I I, I enjoyed the concert with him and Jay, Jada Kiss, and it was just so crazy how like my show with Mike was right before the show. So it was like, our show was like 8, ended at 10, the concert's at 10. So it was perfect with timing. So what's it? So I think it was Jim Brewer that went around opening up for Metallica, was it? A lot of comedians get a bigger platform by opening up for like big so concerts. What's it, what's it like? What's that like to be in front of like, because that's like almost like the ultimate like, bar show because like you go and do like a bar show like there's people there they're like we're here to be at a bar why are you doing comedy at us you're like going in front of a fucking huge crowd of people that come to a rap show and i'll tell you people that go to a rap show like they might not be out to laugh and like i mean everyone likes to laugh but like how do you how do you harness that you must have to come out with some serious fucking energy what's that like to perform (laughs) in front of a huge crowd that's not expecting comedy you and the DJ got to be on the same page, yo. Yeah, I got to be on the same page because the crowd really don't want to hear you because they're there to scream for the headliner. So if you did for Chris Brown, first off, you can't play no Chris Brown songs because he's about to perform these songs. So you and the you and that DJ got to be on that same thing. You hear me now? I can hear yeah. you now. So you said yeah. if you were if you were opening for Chris Brown. Yeah. You can't play 14 Chris Brown songs because they're there to hear those songs. So now you and the DJ got to take it a whole different direction of where you want to take it. You know what I mean? So you got to, you don't know who's in there. Maybe 80s babies, 90s babies, early 2000s. Now you got to make it comfortable for that whole, that whole concert, nonstop dancing, just jumping up and down, maybe do a little booty shaking contest or Yo, what you do, homie? Yo, I sing. Maybe he's singing. He had a bad note. Like, man, you know what I mean? Like, you got to make the best of it. So you're doing like, so you're doing like a little bit of comedy in with like other, it's almost like a variety show type of thing you're doing. Like you're a MC. You're not, you're not really there just as a comedian. You're there as kind of like the hype man and get the crowd going. And that's fucking awesome, dude. Exactly. That's really cool. And I think like a lot of those those skills translate into um, being on a stage in a comedy club because, like, you have that skill set to kind of take people and bring them where you need to bring them to kind of get their energy up and and 
and make them like kind of suscept- not the I, the word susceptible might not be the best, but like more susceptible to to receiving your jokes well because you kind of like bring them into a space. You're like, all right, let's go for a ride. Let me let me take you on this ride real quick. <laughs> exactly the same same feeling. It. I just can't wait to get back to like regular scheduled program. It's just gonna feel so great. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, you said you wanted to go to Georgia and they opened up and they went back up. No, I, I ain't. I said my lease. You said Atlanta. I ain't saying I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I said my lease is up in September. So after that, I said I was considering Georgia and Charlotte. So it depends on who got the least um, Ronas. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm hoping that I'm really, really hoping that by that time we got this thing under control. They're rolling out the antibody test. It sounds like you already had it, so you probably already have the antibodies. Um, I'm just hoping that I'm hoping that we get better news. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm just hoping we get better news. I don't really. And the crazy like, is, other people have had this corona before you even knew what it was. Because I, I knew a chick like New Year's that like after New Year's woke up in the morning throwing up, diarrhea, shortness of breath. But she just thinking like, yo, maybe I just went too hard last night. And then, the, <laughs> you know, oh, do you know that you wake up, throw up, diarrhea, but then she was really out of it. You know what I mean? Like shortness of breath. And she brought herself back to drinking like ginger tea and all that shit. And then like. Six days later, she was back, but went to sleep with, like, the chills. Felt She was like, yo, if, if I know how a heroin addict feels, like, when they, like, trying to, like, dodge that shit, like, that's how I felt. I'm, like, under my cover shaking and shit. So, that's what I mean. A lot of people have caught this virus, but we just didn't know the name of it. Now that it's out, I don't know if it's something in the air, but it's just, yo, it's just infecting so much people with and even people that are following the rules that's the shit that really yeah scares. that's the that's the crazy stuff that it's like no one is safe and you don't know you just don't, not knowing is what's killing people man exactly. not knowing is really what's killing people and not literally killing people but i hate the people that wear the gloves all day like bro change your gloves okay Yo, for real. Oh, or they're shopping I, and they go with the gloves. And I was talking with my cousin today about the iWatch. And she's like, I like my watch because I can be in the supermarket with my gloves on. And I get a text and I can see it on my watch. I don't want to touch my phone. And I was like, you don't know how many people I see like sitting down outside the supermarket. They they just grabbed all their groceries with them nasty gloves. And since they have gloves on, they're touching shit they wouldn't have touched anyway. And now they're touching their groceries. And then they pull their mask down <laughs> and they pull their phone out. And they start touching the screen and they put it on their face and they're like pressing it in their face and they're putting their mouth on it, yelling at someone. I told you not to touch the fucking red lobster in the fridge. That shit was mine. And I'm like, you have coronavirus. So much cross contamination in that scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the word cross. That's an industry word from like food service. Cross contamination. <laughs> That shit is crazy, man. Yo, Marcus, I had a good time with you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Any anytime y'all need me, I'm around. Like give it like yeah, three definitely. months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what well, I mean, we were supposed to get you in here. This is prior to me like officially being the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I remember you yeah. were telling me like, yo, once I get everything under control, but once all this shit came and then you was like, dude, yo, come just 
See, yeah. I knew. See, I knew he had a plan. He said once he gets everything under control. Yo, BS that shit. I was like, uh, nah, I think I'll just yeah, I'll call in. I got an iPad. Forget this. <laughs> Yo, the, the the best the best thing about Los is like he he is in control now. I feel like if I don't fucking, I feel like if I do something wrong, I'm gonna get fired from my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay because the the train is back on the tracks and we're fucking running good, man. Do you want to plug your social media or any projects that you got going on? Yeah, well, well I, ain't no reason to plug no projects because all it's going to say is coming soon with all this shit going on. So ain't no reason for that. Um, but uh, Marcus Banks Comedy on Instagram. Marcus Banks Comedy on Instagram. Follow Marcus. Uh you guys know where to follow me at Nick underscore AM underscore uh, Los is at DJ Lack of Sleep on Instagram. You can follow all of us, like our shit, retweet it, post it, whatever all that stuff yeah. is. Uh, Marcus, thanks again, man. It was great having you on. All the listeners. Thank you. Yep. All the listeners, be safe. And uh, this is AC out, guys.